0: Well, thank you again for taking the time to make the time and join in on a great conversation. I certainly believe that people's stories make our stories much better. As long as we uh, listen to learn, but also unlearn some of the things that we've always thought were true or accurate and to relearn what truly is accurate. As Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. Let us just continue to be followers of him. One with a great story and shares the message so well is Mary Beerworth. Mary, welcome in.
1: How are you? Thank you for having me,
0: Jeff. Yeah, yeah, it's great to catch up. It's been a while. When I was a youth pastor, I think 12 years ago, maybe. <laughs> I that's think that's we, about right. That's when we first met. And obviously with me being adopted and your connection with Vermont Right to Life, it seemed like a great uh, connection from the start. But can you just share a little bit? Where did you grow up?
1: Oh, I'm a Vermonter. Well, I, well, I was born uh, in Burlington and our family, the Han family was... Uh, residents of Jericho, Vermont, for 20 to 30 years. And then um, my husband and I moved to Jay Peak, or near Jay Peak, and we raised our four children there, all connected to skiing all winter long and all the fun. We now live in Fairfax, Vermont, but it's been Vermont all my life.
0: And now with four children, what's the age difference between those?
1: I had four children when the oldest was 10, the youngest
0: was born. Well, wow, well, wow. and uh, so that kept you in the mix with Vermont right to life. I say that tongue- in cheek because sometimes <laughs> it seems overwhelming being a parent. Let's start right there. How important that people understand there is a responsibility to parenthood? Oh, there is
1: and, and there's a responsibility to try to bring children into the world with a mother and a father and a secure family network, but but every child's life, whether they come at the appropriate time or not, is is valuable. I had children that were planned, and I had children that we didn't plan on, but God planned on them. And and I love them each. They are a joy and a reward. Uh, yeah, and it was never easy. Uh, when, when you were raising kids back in the 70s, as we were, uh, things were very difficult. Parents my age will remember that. And we had our first child. And then when the second one came, I really wasn't, I was a little a little scared about the extra responsibility now that i knew how much work a child was and i thought well i'll be a nice companion to my oldest one well when that baby was born you find out you love each one with your whole heart mind and soul and they're each a joy and they bring their own rewards uh, my mother is italian and um, the saying in italy when she was growing up was a baby is born with a loaf of bread under each arm one for himself and one for you mm-hmm. one for the family so Uh, that was, I guess, their traditional way of saying uh, you're going to get all the joy as well as the responsibility.
0: And again, Mary, you serve as the executive director of Vermont Right to Life. And uh, here's a website bringing up the page uh, behind me as well. Um, When you think about how you got connected with Vermont Right to Life, share with our listeners or viewers, how did that all come into play?
1: Well, somebody actually reached out and invited us to come in. And we read a book and it was the book was called Abortion, the Silent Holocaust. And as my sisters and I were just holding these newborn babies, and we were just beginning to see the ultrasound pictures in the late early 70s and 80s, we just felt compelled to move into that open space and try to plead for the lives of unborn babies. And And I've been unable to stop. Uh, I, I love this work. I'm committed to it. I know women who have had abortions. I know women who have had babies under extreme circumstances. But life is always precious. And it's a valuable work to be doing. I believe we can spread the word of the Lord as well because God is in every one of those lives. And life is precious to us and to him.
0: Oh, it certainly is. And I just want to uh, share a little bit. Um, Obviously, you know, and most listeners are aware, but I was adopted from uh, Seoul, South Korea. I was abandoned, orphaned, and then mm-hmm. found myself in foster care, then adopted by a family in Yakima, Washington. That was a failed adoption, and then found myself re here in Waterbury Center, Vermont. This is where I grew up. This Yay! is where I, <laughs> I'm currently pastoring. Um, for those that would say all Christians care about is the abortion issue. How would you respond to that?
1: Well, that certainly isn't true. The uh, uh, A lot of parents who are in the foster care adoption system are people who have deep, deeply held beliefs in God. There are Christians everywhere who um, work with refugees, uh, oppose the death penalty. The Vermont Right to Life Committee was formed in the 70s as the attacks on very specific human lives Began to unfold. So, with with the 1973 support Supreme Court ruling, the anniversary of which is coming up January 22nd this year in 2021, uh, they they oh the Supreme Court overturned all the laws that were in place in all 50 states to protect the lives of unborn babies. And the National Right to Life Committee, which we are the chapter um, affiliate of, knew that. If you could take a life in the womb, you could take the life of a newborn baby that wasn't wanted or had disabilities. And we knew that you the trend toward euthanasia, the uh, killing of the elderly who are inconvenient, as some people think unborn babies are inconvenient and newborns with Down syndrome are inconvenient. So those are the three areas we have stepped out in and to fill a gap that wasn't being filled. But that doesn't preclude Christians from caring about life all through. pregnancy, and uh, all the way through to the end of life.
0: And you guys are also on Facebook, Vermont Right to Life Committee. You can find that on Facebook, Vermont Right uh, to Life Committee, and also the website uh, in front of you on the screen. Mary, when we think about um, what's taking place in culture, in politics, in the Christian uh, church world as well, it seems as though people are against pro-life, and I don't mean that with the agenda that some would say the pro-life movement, but I just mean for life. Why do you think people object when you just say the words pro-life?
1: It does seem to trigger something. And I think it's because they just don't know what to do about it. I think we take them to an uncomfortable place. Uh, maybe thinking we need them to choose between what the mother wants and the life of the baby, and they feel that it's just easier to say, uh, we'll let it all be her decision. But people also need to know that pro-lifers haven't just stepped up to point out the humanity of the unborn child and work to defend those lives by law. Uh, Pro-lifers are in every corner of the state of Vermont offering resources to women who need help to carry their babies to term. So, so, we need to make sure we're telling that story and so that people can understand we are not trying to uh, judge women who feel they are scared and need and want to have an abortion. Uh, We want to be there to help her see five years down the road, 10 years down the road, how will she feel about having had an abortion and how can we help her bring that baby into the world? And if If she's unable to care for it, a joyful, happy situation like yours is available with so many couples waiting to adopt a baby.
0: Share a little bit about this event that's coming up uh, Saturday, January 23rd. You are invited to join us for the 2021 Rally for Life.
1: Well, this is a terrific event, but of course, like everything in the COVID uh, era here, it's going to be different this year. We normally bring in world-renowned pro-life speakers. We have brought in some of the best most well known pro um, life speakers over the years. And we usually march to the State House and then go inside the State House to hear our guest speaker. And we provide, after that, refreshments and lunch and fellowship. And it's a really uh, growing in popularity event. But the purpose of it is to commemorate that day that the Supreme Court overturned all the pro life laws and gave us Roe versus Wade, unleashing over 60 million abortions in the United States alone. So it's a, it's a commemorative event, it's a sober event, but it also involves fellowship and let's talk about what we can do to uh, increase respect for human life in the state of Vermont. So no particular guest speaker this year, we have two services. You are welcome to go to the Christian the Lighthouse Christian Church at 9.30, St. Augustine's at 9.30, and then we're gonna to gather together to take the march over to the State House. We are providing, um, sign uh, a face mask for everybody who wants to participate that say life I get that straight <laughs> yeah. and uh we're going to be pro- uh having a little ceremony since it has to be outdoors it will be brief we will get you informed we have our new brochure uh to hand out which analyzes what does proposal five the the legislative proposal that wants you change the vermont constitution amend our vermont constitution to include unregulated, unlimited abortion throughout all nine months of pregnancy without a single care or concern for an unborn baby, no matter what the circumstances. So it's time for us to get educated about that. That's going to be on everybody's ballot in 2022. And so we're going to take some time to energize the troops and and get going.
0: Wow. Uh, And thank you again for everything that you're doing and spearheading Uh, these efforts. Um, It might be speculation, but how do you think the world would be different if those 60 million babies had not been aborted?
1: Well, think of all the ways. Uh, I try when I'm speaking to a classroom of children, of younger kids, I say, look around you because somebody is, for every three of you in a room, one is missing. So it could have been your boyfriend, your girlfriend, the person you were going to marry, someone you didn't like at all, but that person would have been there contributing to your life story and those people are missing and what kind of positive gifts were they and the message they were going to bring to us and to the world uh, is, is a big vacuum. I don't believe that abortion, is, abortion has made us a crueler, more callous people, respecting life from the moment of conception where science tells us, it's science that tells us, that a human life is human. The beginning of its uh, life is at that moment of conception. And so uh, we are going not only against our human nature, but against science to ignore that uh, little boy or girl who is part of our human uh, team here.
0: Now, Mary, what do you say to those that would uh, suggest or even confirm by their own uh, facts the abortions would take place whether legal or not legal. And that the fact that they are legal uh, in most cases, that it is safer now than if it was um, done, quote, underground.
1: Well, it's certainly not safer for the baby. Uh, and, and there are many repercussions from abortion, both physical and emotional. So those don't change whether it's legal or illegal. But, but here's the real focus for everybody listening the goal of the pro-life movement is zero abortions, whether legal or illegal, that we understand enough about the humanity of the unborn that women wouldn't have one, men wouldn't pressure them to have one and medical personnel would not be involved. And and when we can see that day on the horizon, we will be a better people. And I, I wanna share one piece of good news. So when I first started in this work in the 1980s, there were 3,500 abortions performed in Vermont annually. We are today missing 100,000 people in the state of Vermont. You will often hear our governor and others saying, we need an influx of 100,000 people and and our schools are empty and their classrooms are shrinking. We've lost 100,000. But now here's the good news. Pro-life efforts, nonstop, continuing with the education continuing to spread the good news about life and the positive news about life in the womb, that number of 3,500 has dropped uh, in 2019 to 1,155. So we have, those are the kind of numbers we're looking at as our measure of success, because women are choosing life or choosing a more responsible plan for for their life goals. Uh, delaying sexual activity until they're of an age to be responsible. Lots of factors. But if the pro-life movement were not here and Christians were not joining in and joining their prayers and their voices, that picture could look much, much more dismal.
0: And again, Mary Beerworth, make this up time. If you're listening on the podcast, Living Hope Wesleyan, it is vrlc.net, vrlc.net. If you're watching on YouTube, please share the link at Living Hope Wesleyan Church. Mary, uh, I've been astonished to hear that it's only Christians, those right-wing conservatives that care about this pro-life abortion issue. Vermont Right to Life really crosses um, over those blurred lines of religion. Can you just share about that?
1: Sure, we are a non-sectarian, nonsectarian, nonpartisan organization. We embrace anybody who wants to come on board, uh, regardless of their background, as, as long as they understand that life is precious and must be protected. So we've had Democrats for Life, we've had uh, gay and lesbians for Life. Uh, it crosses all boundaries. Uh, we believe every life is precious, and and um, and regardless of whether they are born or unborn. I mean, let's just expand what we know is true. Let's embrace every life from the moment of conception. And there are people from many political backgrounds and disagreements on other things. And when we get together as a team, it's only about life. Uh, That's that's our common goal. That's our agreement.
0: So Mary, I want to ask you a question. Maybe you need to uh, ponder it before you answer. But I know for myself as a pastor, At times I get very frustrated because the Bible says if they're not against us, then we can certainly work together. Do you think there could be more strength if Christians in particular would say on this issue, we can work together instead of suggesting, well, they are lukewarm, so I do not want to work together on this issue specifically?
1: Oh, I I do. But it's happening, uh, Jeff. I mean, that's the really good news. We've had it. We we had public hearings on the outrageous bill H fifty seven that put into statute last two, in two thousand nineteen unlimited unregulated abortion in our state, um, and the turnout at the public hearings from our our friends in every walk of life was just unbelievable. The the state house was actually so jammed there was no place to stand, and that's filling all the hallways and the extra rooms and the well of the house. So I feel that that kind of I think the the uh, those who support abortion, and let's let's face it, that's the the near monopoly on abortion is Planned Parenthood. They do all but a handful of the abortions that are performed in the state, and they dominate our legislature. Um, but when they openly started advocating uh, second and third trimester abortions, and and people just said, Wait, "What what kind of craziness is this?" Uh, people tend to believe that. Abortions are only occurring in some very extreme circumstances that would probably break everyone's heart. Um, but that's just not the case. So many, so many women I speak to who've had abortions and, and are full of regret and remorse and sorrow, and a sorrow that doesn't go away, um, can oftentimes say, I felt I had no choice. So we say pro they say pro-choice, but it's not pro-choice. They're being pressured by boyfriends who have a lot to gain to have her have an abortion and not pay child support is for one uh, one measure of the kind of push that happens to women. And, and parents who don't want a, their daughter to have a child out of wedlock, all kinds of pressure comes to bear on that one woman. So... So yeah, I I think eyes are being opened. I think it's thanks to the exposure that Planned Parenthood has put themselves under and what their real agenda is. And it's more than people uh, can swallow.
0: Mary, I'm learning to say, educate my ignorance instead of saying, excuse my ignorance. I like that. (laughs) And so I just want to ask, um, there's probably better wording, but the emotional trauma, let alone the physical on somebody that's had an abortion. Could you just address that? It's
1: very, it's very important that those of us who are pro-life make sure that we have our attitudes in, in a correct order because um, it, it's, it's unrealistic to think that all of us could have survived some extreme circumstances and not been tempted to have an abortion. So we have to have a heart full of, of love for the mothers. Uh, Our job is not to judge those who've had abortions. Our job is to see if we can offer help and alternatives to those who are in a panic and considering one. So you mentioned education, and I love that. We have the Vermont Right to Life Committee, but we also have the Vermont Right to Life Educational Trust Fund. Mm -hmm. And that is primarily what we do is try to reach out to the public. Uh, Again, not in any judgmental way, but with beautiful pictures of what life looks like in the womb so we can learn to identify with our fellow human beings who are already living on this planet. Uh, One time I remember someone saying to me, why don't you take care of the children that are already living on this planet? And I said, well, guess what? These babies in the womb are already living
0: here. That's so good. Again, Mary Beerworth making some time, the executive director of Vermont Right to Life, and uh, we're excited about what is taking place, but mm-hmm. certainly there's scrutiny uh, on you, on uh, those that are trying to take a stand. Why do you think that is? Is that just the proverbial last days, or do you think there is a angst with uh, people feeling as though their rights are being removed?
1: You know, it's it's a matter of changing hearts and minds. Yeah, there's a real wall. I, I understand what you're aiming for. There's a wall of resistance against our message. Um, but it's, it's the message of faith. It's the message of life. I mean, uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, came as a human embryo. He could have come a um, number of different ways. And we just have to love that wall right down to the ground that they've put up against us and keep... Saying the same thing. There's a Black Lives Matter movement. Well, there's a Baby's Lives Matter movement too. And we just have to continue to uphold that an unborn child is fully human and fully alive and deserving of our protection. And we need to win over that baby's mother and that baby's medical professionals at the same time. So it's a big prayer job.
0: (laughs) Mary, when were you first exposed to the reality of abortion?
1: Well, as I was talking to you about my second son being born, that's right around the time we started to see those grainy ultrasound kind of pictures where you could barely make out the head and the feet. And now what do we have on every grandparent's refrigerator? We have the most beautiful, accurate, uh, three even three-dimensional ultrasounds that show us that the baby boy looks just like grandpa or the girl looks like mom. And, and so... That reality is coming home to a lot of households now, and, and it's taken a long time. It's been a lot of suppression by the media and a lot of mischaracterizing uh, who pro-lifers are and what they stand for, and, and uh, we're getting through some of that. It's just, it's just tenacity standing in place, continuing to deliver the message with love, and, and it eventually, I believe, we will have a culture of life, but we need that culture of life. It's not that we need to change the law before we change the culture of life. And we're going to work at both. And that's why Vermont Right to Life has a presence in our state house to hold up that little baby in front of them. And we will do it and we will stand in place without fear. But the real, real work is outside and winning people over with the message of life.
0: So, Mary, could you just speak to two different audiences Mm -hmm. for me? First of all, it is the... um non-professing Christian that really believes in life and wants to get involved, but they're concerned at the crazy Christians that always seem to be uh, put on TV or in front of a camera. How can you, or what would you say to them that they would say, I really believe in life, but I don't want to be associated with what they might call even a cult?
1: Yeah, well, you know, in the '90s, we did have an, an oper- we had an operation rescue movement that was uh, activist. It, they were some of them were being arrested at clinics. Um, now that's he, he, that risk. Well, you know, the, the risk of being in a crowd with someone who the cameras always want to go to because they're really not examples of uh, true pro life Vermonter. That could happen, but I haven't seen it in years and years and years. Uh, A lot more has turned to quiet prayer in front of abortion clinics. Abortions are done at Planned Parenthood in Burlington and Rutland and right in Barrie, Vermont. And there are 12 Planned Parenthood clinics in the state that will transport you to whatever nearest abortion clinic there is. They offer no prenatal care or any kind of other uh, services. Abortion is their business. And so, so those are uh, kind of, it's kind of overwhelming against us. The state house, makeup of the state house is largely pro-abortion and not pro-choice. These are pro-abortion activists. And so you can, I believe you can trust in getting involved. You will meet lots of fellow concerned citizens. I mean, the fellowship that happens at our rally for life is just terrific. Um, So I don't know quite, if that fear keeps you away, then you've, maybe you've got to find a different way. But I think it's an obligation for every God-fearing, church-going person to recognize that part of our faith is to defend those who are defenseless and under attack. And that includes the unborn. And listen, the, the newly born baby is in trouble. Abortion is not only now legal up into birth. I don't see a barrier against uh, a, a newborn aborted and living still. Um, being brought all the care and concern that a, a, that a wanted baby would be brought. So, so we are not, we're failing our, at our job as Christians if we are not doing something. Uh, so there's, if you don't want to join a crowd, there's these beautiful uh, pregnancy resource centers in every community and they need volunteers and outreach and homes for girls to stay in and support and clothes for the baby. I mean, there's a way to get involved for everybody.
0: And certainly if somebody wanted to, they could donate financially online. So they would be anonymous, but they would still they be making, <laughs> they would still be making an impact. The second uh, audience, and you address that, is those have profess to be Christians. And sometimes we don't want to draw too much attention but I do believe that the right to life is a stand we need to take, not only on abortion, but as you said before, whether it's the refugee community, whether it's euthanasia for senior adults, it's just so important that we take a stand. What would you say to a Christian that wants to get involved, but they still are, quote, young in their faith, and they don't know if they want to take on this particular issue?
1: Well, again, uh, it, I think they need to know in their hearts that, that, that they also need to join the battle to save unborn lives. If, if that just means prayer from home, that's something. Uh, again, like you said, donations. Is, you know, People need to also understand, if you're raising children in this culture right now, the, that's one of the reasons I got involved. I wanted my children to know that their lives were precious from the moment of conception that they need to understand that life is precious, that their lives are precious. Look at what we're seeing for suicide among our young people. We are sending the wrong signals by not getting involved. So I wouldn't want to direct someone who, but certainly anyone can call me and we can chat about a way to fit in uh, with your gifts and talents. But I think we have an obligation that to, to say that every human life matters. These are God's people. These are God's babies. And if we aren't sending that signal, then we're sending the, by staying silent, we're sending the opposite signal that your life isn't that important. If I, if you're an inconvenience to me, that's enough that your life isn't as valuable as mine. And oh. and that I hope we we understand is the wrong signal to spend, especially to young people.
0: Oh, I agree. And uh, Mary, a couple more questions and we'll get you out. Thanks again for uh, no, making for the no. time. It's nice always good to be good here. To, it's always good to catch up and uh, just share the things that uh, tug on our heartstrings and certainly Mm -hmm. what Jesus um, came to redeem. Um, Have you seen any evidence that during the pandemic, there's been an increase in abortions? I know that there's many reports that mental illness, uh, mental health care has been an issue, but have you seen anything um, over this past year that would suggest that abortion is on the rise?
1: I've heard that speculated, but I don't have solid proof. So in Vermont, we do collect the statistics so that you can go on the Department of Health website and you can find the number of abortions, but they're always a few years behind. So I mentioned 1,155 abortions down considerably from the the hiatus in the 1980s of 300, I'm sorry, 3,500 abortions a year. But I won't know what happened during COVID for at least another year. Uh, some people say it's up, and but I haven't seen any signs of that. I can tell you that my friends who work in the pregnancy resource centers have also seen a big increase in those women needing some help carrying their babies to term. Hmm. So I, I remain positive. I'm positive in my DNA that the message of life is going to prevail.
0: Well, our local church, we uh, support the Carenet Net uh, Crisis Thank Pregnancy you. Center in Barrie, and we try to be as involved uh, as possible. I think it's important that we get more involved, even though and I say this uh, carefully, because I'm kind of half joking, but my daughter and my wife are serious, the possibility of foster care or even adoption, because there are certain things that we say we support, but Wait. do we really want to get our hands dirty and get involved? Uh, how can people really care for these moms that are contemplating abortion or maybe even have had an abortion?
1: Well, it's uh, it, That is the, the care. Net, the care nets, the resource pregnancy resource centers offer all of that uh, uh, information and they support women all the way through a pregnancy and also address any issues ha- they have had with having had a prior abortion. Uh, and, and we're here with an open door for anybody as well. Um, it, it's tough. The foster care system is tough. There are a lot of us who would like to take in foster care kids, but it's uh, the Department of Children and Families make it difficult to, uh, to, to make that work for a family. Sure. They, they actually are in deeply in cahoots with Planned Parenthood. So... Uh, it, it's kind of anathema to if you're trying to raise a Christian family. So churches, though, can do a lot, and I do know of churches that are, are doing an adopt-a-mom kind of thing and making sure mm. she has everything she needs from the beginning to end. So so churches can inspire us with what they can offer in their local communities. But uh, no question, at any time we could get a child without a home as as you as the situation you were in, Jeff. We we need to try.
0: Well, Mary, thank you so much for your time. I just want to bring up this slide once more and from the website. Uh, Saturday, January 23rd, you can find information about the 2021 Rally for Life at the website vrlc.net, vrlc.net, also on Facebook, Vermont Right to Life Committee. But uh, Mary, we pray for you. We lift you you, up. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, we're just so encouraged that um, you are doing a great work that we can just join with you on. So, um, Well, it's we a say, staff
1: and a team that are doing a great work. It's And it's all the prayer that surrounds us. And it's a positive message that life is precious from the moment of conception. Embrace it and enjoy it and look at the ones, and just look toward the ones that have been saved because of what you do.
0: Mary, if you'd uh, allow me, can I just pray for you and I for the work that you're that. doing? Jesus, we thank you that you love us and you have a plan for each of us. So Father, may we courageously obey you, follow you, and stand in the gap and intercede for those that need your hope, your peace, your life. And Father, may we just stand for the abundant life that you've promised to us that people would receive you. Just bless Mary, provide for them, and thank you, God, for what you have done, but even more for the plan and purpose you have for them. We love you, Jesus, and thank you for loving us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Jeff.
0: Mary, thank you so much.
1: Anytime. Good to see you.
0: And again, that's uh, Mary Beerworth. Make you some time. We thank you for jumping up and uh, listening in. Uh, Living Hope Wesleyan Church on YouTube and on the podcast channels, Living Hope Wesleyan. We thank you all. Be blessed, but make sure we stand in the gap because God has a purpose for us. So let that purpose just live out for others. Thanks all.